What are other Minnesota sports podcast hosts saying about the Minnesota Wild this week? We find out today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we present the second edition of the Minnesota Sports Podcast collaboration with the Soda Pod. And so we'll hear from uh, plenty of other Minnesota Wild podcast hosts here throughout the state of Minnesota on a variety of topics with the Minnesota Wild. So without further ado, let's turn things over to Isha, Jerome, and State of Hoppy from the Soda Pod. Welcome, everybody, to the Minnesota Sports Collaboration Podcast Show, where we highlight all of our Minnesota content creators, shows, and friends here on the program. Poppy, how's it going? It's going great, man. I'm excited to come together with all of our friends. You've heard them on our show, or if you're listening on their show, maybe you've heard us jump in with them. But uh, every week, we're going to have little teasers and snippets from everybody's shows in one spot on all of our feeds so you can get a little taste. And hey, if you haven't listened to one, go check them out. Throw everyone a quick little subscribe and let's make everyone happy. Now, Isha, what's the first one we have here for this week? We're going to throw to Locked on Wild. Our boy Seth Topol drops daily Minnesota Wild content with a wide range of guests. Here's a quick clip of some of his recent content. And uh, we'll finish by talking about a recent article uh, by uh, Mr. Scott Wheeler of The Athletic. Now, he has been doing prospect rankings from 32nd to the NHL all the way up to the top and uh, has been doing those rankings uh, each and every day on The Athletic. And so a lot of fans of the Minnesota Wild have been waiting to see when the Wild would join that list. And the Minnesota Wild ranked as the third best farm system in the entirety of the NHL. And those of us in the wild media landscape, the wild prospect landscape, the wild podcast landscape have been saying this since the season started. In fact, Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting came on the show uh, about a month ago, right before, actually it was right before 2021 ended. And we looked at the Wilds' prospects and said, this is a very deep and dangerous farm system that uh, should start getting some national recognition. Well, lo and behold, here we go. It's, it's pretty easy to see why Wheeler would rank the, uh, the Wild as a top three. I mean, they were ranked number eight in his rankings last year uh, for 2021. 
You've got the likes of uh, Matt Boldy, who is his top-ranked prospect in the Wild system, who is coincidentally tearing it up at the NHL level right now. So obviously uh, a prospect that is ready to, uh, to make a huge statement and already has at the NHL level. So Wheeler just loves what Boldy brings to the mix, and he's showing it off at the NHL level. Uh, you've also got Marco Rossi, the second-ranked prospect, according to Wheeler, in the Wilds farm system. A point-per-game player in Iowa and is going to get a chance to showcase his talents fully at either the end of this season or for sure next year. Third-best prospect, according to Wheeler, is Jesper Wallstead. We've talked about him quite a bit here on this show, um, is just continuing to tear it up Um in any league he plays in, uh, working his way through the Wilds' farm system. He'll make uh, a mark on this team before all is said and done and before too long. Uh, we'll probably end up in Iowa next season, but um, you know, has the legit goalie makeup to be a true ace goalie uh, in this system. And just to round out the top five, Carson Lambos, uh, defenseman that the Wilds took last year, um, who uh, continues to light it up with the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, and top five, of course, is Kalen Addison, who has split time between the Iowa and Minnesota Wild and looks to factor in substantially with uh, next year's team. Um, and maybe even, depending on how things go with injuries and such, maybe even playing a big role down the stretch for Minnesota as well. So it's not hard to see with a top five of those prospects why the Wilds uh, are in the top five, because uh, you you look at where the Wild drafted each of these players. And according to Wheeler, um, he, he says, when the Wild drafted Matt Boldy at 12, he ranked seventh on my board. When they drafted Marco Rossi at number nine, he was third on my board. When they drafted Jack McBain at number 63, he was 22nd on my board. When they drafted Marshall Warren at number 166, he was 71st on my board. When they drafted Pavel Novak at 146, he ranked 76th on Wheeler's board. Even Beckman, who they drafted at number 75, ranked nearby at 83rd on Wheeler's board. And the same goes for Murat Houston-Dinoff, who slotted 48th on his list when the Wild picked him at number 37. Um, Wheeler also goes on to say those players gave the Wild an upper echelon group before the 2021 draft. They Then they drafted two players who ranked in his top 15 without a single top 15 pick. Uh, Wallstead was 12th on his board. The Wild took him 20th. Lambos was 15th, and the Wild took him 26th overall. And a third player, Jack Pert, who ranked higher on my list than where they got him, 37th on his board, and the Wild took him 45th. This is another of my high praise areas for Bill Guerin. Bringing in Judd Brackett and letting him oversee the, uh, the draft in its entirety. Being willing to admit, not a huge draft guy. And so Guerin said, we're going to bring in somebody that is. Let him do his thing. If there need to be any trades made, we'll facilitate. But uh, Bill Guerin, perfectly happy to uh, step aside uh, and uh, and allow Judd Brackett to handle the draft. And, I mean, what more can you say? It is more than worked out so far 
for the Minnesota Wild and looks like it's going to continue to for the uh, the next few years. Again, if you like what you heard, you can follow all of Seth's great content by searching Locked On Wild wherever you get your podcasts or checking them out on social at Locked On Wild. So the calendar is flipped to February and many people have already given up on their New Year's resolutions. But if yours is to continue to eat right and look better, Built Bar is here to help. Built Bar contains so many amazing and delicious flavors, but have you ever tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. Not just a protein bar, they're a treat covered in 100% real chocolate. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can compare that to your favorite candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. All of that leads to the best treat available to help you get into a better version of yourself. So head to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Next, we have yours truly, the SodaPod. We'll tease our other contributors later, but Hoppy and I talk everything Minnesota Wild beer and hockey. Here's a teaser from our most recent episode. Cheers. 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 I'm biased. Gonna open a new one over here. Oh, with, what is it? With, finish the quad, transcendent. So, uh huh. That's that's another one that I have in a crawler. <laughs> yeah, we're working with uh, just some different IPA recipes. Uh, this is a no coast IPA. It's got Citra, Simcoe, and Strata hops in it. We're going for like a dank strawberry patch, strawberry lemonade with that little citrus finish, okay. but. Something with that Simcoe and uh, Citra hop really brings out some of the lemony side of it. And so that's that's what we were trying to brew. We think we're pretty close to it. We still play with the recipe a little bit here through these beginning batches. And that's out there on shelves just in here in uh, late December, early January. Nice. And I mean, that's the yeah. fun part, right? You get to come in, take what's already a good beer and start coming up with creative ideas and new things you can try from a brewing perspective. But again, you're a couple months in now on the ownership of the brewery. Is that right, Jason? Yeah, I got to I got to admit. Okay. So with the brewery came a great brewer that I think is just under, under marketed. I don't know how else to say like, and I'll be the first to admit I had not drank Wabashop beer prior to April of last year. And so coming in here and like sitting down and tasting through the beers, like I was blown away. Like not everything's great, but like, everything is really good and how do you take this like great really great beer and just get it out get it to places that's really what my job is is and and with brett it was a little like we brewed uh with sometimes you um when you're you know selling a brewery and i don't want to tell the story forward brett but it's like you're not going to reach outside the box to do something that's risky when there's an acquisition occurring or like the brewery was on the market for a period of time and so that's where I, I all credit to Brett for all the beer here. Like that dude, I, I love working with that guy. And they're like the, the uh, this term's terrible, starchy term synergy. Um, you know, we took the learning and, collaboration. Oh, 
I mean, we got loggers coming out. He's got a sour coming out. We've got a barrel aging program. Like we're just going and like nice. just pushing all in on things. And that's where, you know, I, I would say like the one thing I've done is like take the shackles off. Like he'll throw some things at me sometimes. Like I, I think I told him at one point, like, I don't care how much you spend on hops. Just, you know, <laughs> like, he's like, oh. remember that one time you told me that Jason? I'm like, yeah, yeah that was a, that was a different mood. <laughs> one of the things, like taking the shackles off. We got, Ooh, that's uh, awesome. The night queen, uh, barley wine. Cool. And so this first rendition, this is the first barley wine brewed at Wabashaba. That, is also in some barrels. We got an apple brandy barrel and some bourbon barrel. We'll do blending. Um, just starting small, but getting that momentum going from a barrel aging program. So that's going to be a barrel aged beer moving forward. But this first year, we just had the the raw beer to do, and it's it's a really drinkable barley wine. That's what we're going for there. Because once you barrel it up, we didn't want it to be too hot. Um, we want we want to be brewing beers that are highly drinkable. Okay. Hoppy, we'll have to get the Brews and Bruins guys to, I, to take I a taste. I knew that was right where your brain was going to go. Um, so, obviously, there's, like, the exciting stuff coming in and making some of these changes and, like, the positive. You've never run a brewery before. Yeah. Like what What's just, like, slapped you in the face the first couple months where you're like, I did not know that this was at all part of the process? Hmm. Um, two things. Seasonality. Especially in like the tap room, but also in liquor stores. Um, <laughs> fuck dry January. That's a, that's a silly concept. <laughs> it's you. sober October. If you want to do it, it's sober October, not dry January. Okay, and and definitely not. Too it has to October's the start of hockey season, Jason. We can't do that. No, you so, get back into shape. Training camp. There you go. It has to rhyme or fuck it. <laughs> people that try. I just had. I think people that try dry January are probably setting themselves up to fail. Uh, so why, why, why started in the first place? I kid, I kid all due respect to anybody that does dry January, any of that stuff, like, not really. and the anybody that's sober, like, but <laughs> touche, uh, you got me, damn it. <laughs> um, so where the hell was I? Seasonality. And then there was a seasonality kick my ass because coming into the business, like you, you make acquisition, there's always one off costs and you're like, <clears throat> you look at the bank account and you're like, geez, all right. Didn't expect that to happen. Um, so you feel that. And so that's one thing. The other thing that like, man, this is like going to come off as like a desperate plea for like sales and marketing people to be like, we need to go help this guy. Um, but honestly, like learning to sell beer was really funny to me. And so I'll just tell the story. Like week one, I go out and I'm out there selling and I decide I'm going to go to restaurants and I'm just going to like drop in at restaurants, but we've got this Japanese size on. So I'm like, I'm going to go to like these specific restaurants all across town, drive over there and like do the whole thing. Like it, what an utter failure. So the process for selling to bars and restaurants is very different than selling to uh, liquor stores uh, is very different than selling a crawler in the tap room is very different than selling uh, a tap beer in the tap room these are like four so when we sat down there's like four discernible like sales processes there that i just had to learn and fail a lot through and still fail a lot in and it's it's like the most like, great humbling experience because at the end of it like even when i fail i feel like i'm up there like playing baseball again where it's like oh i batted like 400 today that's pretty good <laughs> like I only got hung up on once. This isn't so bad. <laughs> or like the, the eternal, like they're in a meeting. Oh, this is the fifth time that they they're in a meeting. Like, 
All right, we won't call, but it, it, it's just every day there's something there. But you know, it's so much fun because at the end of it, you're you're selling beer. Like you just have to remember that at the end of the day. <laughs> so have you have you had like a big breakthrough story yet? Like your first big sale that you've made when you're like, oh shit, I can do this. No. Um. <laughs> so so what's gonna be the what what's the one that you're like looking at? And like I know there's one that you've like gone a couple times. They keep blowing you off. You're like. Yeah. I'm going to get this fucker. So I don't think there's been a big sale, but last week I did tell somebody, I'm like, it's happening where this momentum and this build. And, and what hit me was I looked at our, our outbound sales and I didn't have as many like deliveries. Like every case counts for a brewery our size. Like we're, we're very small. We're like 500 barrels last year. I hope we do 750 this year, um, 2022. And so <laughs> there was, there was stores that ordered six brands for us. Like, Never in the history of Wabasha have they had six beers in cans at the same time. And we're able to service those accounts because we've got inventory to do that. And that was a that was an operational thing that was like, we need inventory to go and build. And then we can go out and like grow accounts. But if we're growing accounts and we sell to somebody and they sell through and we don't have anything, like we're going to be, that's mm -hmm. ultimate customer disappointment. Again, experience is everything. So yeah. that's something that like, that was a breakthrough for me. But I don't think we've hit like, we've hit home runs. I mean, we, we launched a Kolsch in the middle of December to the market. This is not Kolsch season. And it seems again, man, it's a bitch. very contrary, but there was purpose behind that because by the time the like Kolsch season rolls around, by the way, it's Kolsch of the wild shout out wild. We can get to sports here, but like that was like, okay, we're launching this in the middle of winter. So that when Kolsch season does roll around, I've already got this like baseline build of stores that are ordering it. And then we've got more on top of it that are coming in when the season actually hits. So it, it seems counterintuitive, but it made a lot of sense at the time. It was the number one selling beer in the tap room and it's a great Kolsch. If you didn't hate what you just listened to, you can find all of our content at the soda pod on social, that being Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube or by searching The Soda Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Football season might be over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball either. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC, all the way down to Olympic coverage and information. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. All of that at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Who's up next? Minnesota Sports Chat. Those new to Ross or Minnesota Sports Chat you get anything from a unique spin on Minnesota sports to the wrecks of a frozen pizza connoisseur. What percentage would you put Kirk Cousins return to Minnesota at? And I say that because now over the weekend we have the Schefter report where basically Schefter says the Vikings and Cousins, they'll work something out. He'll probably be there for a little while. And we've seen some other reports come in today. Now, I also look at that and say, well, some of that can just be posturing. You never truly know. But Doogie, 
Doogie almost always knows. That's what I tell people. And if Doogie doesn't know, it's because somebody gave him information that was bad. <laughs> That's what I always tell people. What percentage would you put a Kirk Cousins return to the purple in 2022 at? It's a great question. It's the number one, would you say, Ross, the number one Minnesota sports talker right now? Without a doubt. Now, certainly there's a lot of wild interest. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday. So I get all that, but I think, at least for me, the number one question I've gotten in the last 24 to 48 hours, the future of Kirk Cousins. I can't tell you with 100% certainty either way. I'd love to tell you 100% Ross, I know. I went on record on TV early last week on Channel 5 here in the Twin Cities saying I expect a trade. Now that's based on some estimation, based on how 2021 went, the sourness of some people that remain at TCO Performance Center when it comes to Cousins, some of it, him, you know, not getting the vaccine, you know, and he wasn't the only one, but the so-called leader of the team. When you're the quarterback, you're the leader, whether you want to accept those responsibilities or not. He didn't get the vaccine. All right, so some of that sourness is based on that. Now, do I know where Quesia Dofo Mensa stands, where Kevin O'Connell stands? I don't. I saw the Jeremy Fowler report today from ESPN saying Kevin O'Connell is a big Kirk Cousins fan. I get it. I had Joe Theismann, shameless plug for the Scoop podcast, I had Joe Theismann on my podcast last week. He knows some things. He knows some people. Washington football legend. He knows O'Connell pretty well. He knows Kirk Cousins pretty well. Joe Theismann swears to me it was both on mic and off mic. Kirk Cousins is going to be a Viking in 2022. But I said, Joe, are you sure? Like, it could be some posturing. Like Rick Spielman said, you know, regarding Percy Harvin, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, I'm not trading Percy. Then a few days later, Percy Harvin traded. Like, we see it all the time. Like, I don't think the Vikings would volunteer on background right now. Yeah, we're trading him. Right? They want to create the perception, whether it's reality or not, that we're keeping him. I think what's going to happen, Ross, is starting at the Combine March 1st, Quasey is going to at least solicit offers or at least listen I don't know how aggressive he'll be in terms of shopping Kirk, but I think he is going to strongly listen. I predicted he'll be traded. So, like, should I waffle on that, Ross? Now, Theismann knows stuff, right? Who am I to predict anything when Joe Theismann is telling me he's going to be here? And now Adam Schefter over the weekend, you know, insinuating, hey, Kirk is going to be here. Jeremy Fowler, who's plugged in. Although Jeremy was wrong on the on the Caldwell stuff. And, and Schefter's been wrong before, too. He's right an awful... Yeah, I mean, Adam... Yeah, Adam's fantastic. Jeremy is fantastic. Used to work here in town. Used to cover the Vikings for the Pioneer Press. So I've gotten to know Jeremy at least a little bit. 98% of the time, he is spot on. I don't have any reason to think he's wrong on his report today that Kirk and Kevin have this solid relationship that Kevin in the interview said, hey, sign me up for Kirk. He also alluded to the idea that all these coaches that interviewed said glowing things about Kirk, or many did. I can tell you this much, Ross. I know this with 100% certainty. Jim Harbaugh was in favor of Kirk Cousins. A lot of us thought this time last week, right? Let's circle back one week ago. If we had talked last Monday, don't you think most people thought Jim Harbaugh, he's going to be the next Vikings coach. Once the news broke, he'll be in town on Wednesday. I think 99.9% of people said, hey, Jim Harbaugh is going to be the Vikings coach. If Jim Harbaugh was the Vikings coach... I think Kirk would have would have remained. I will, maybe just because I'm a stubborn SOB, I did this with Kevin O'Connell, it worked out. But I've been wrong before too. But I will, 
I will continue to ride the trade bandwagon. Maybe that's not the right term. The trade possibility until I am strongly, strongly, strongly led to believe myself. Not from Fowler, not from Schefter, not even from Joe Theismann, who maybe should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. He's in the Collegiate Hall of Fame. He's an NFL legend, right, with his broadcasting background, everything. But until I hear it strongly myself, I'll continue to think that a trade is coming. But I do, I'm telling you, Russ, I feel feel pretty confident that Kwesi is going to at least listen. I don't think, based on these tweets and what Adam said on the Pro Bowl telecast over the weekend, based on this intel in the last 24 hours, that it is now a 100% certainty that Kirk is remaining a Viking. You can find this beauty on social at Brendel Ross. That's B-R-E-N-D-E-L Ross. And his podcast by searching Minnesota Sports Chat on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Who's up? Our friends at Sound the Foghorn. Brett, Justin, and Zeke represent Sound the Foghorn from wild to whitecaps, killing the analytics and prospect game. Here's a sneak peek at their latest episode. Hello, State of Hockey. Brett Marshall here from the Sound the Foghorn podcast. If you haven't heard of us, we are an independently run Minnesota Wild podcast hosted by myself and my pals Zeke Boyat and Justin Baki. We cover everything Minnesota Wild, NHL, Wild Prospects, and new this year to our coverage as well is coverage of the Minnesota Whitecaps, um, provided specifically by our friend Sam Uren, who used to be the assistant general manager of the Whitecaps and now does digital and social media for the Minnesota Wild. On this week's show, as our friend Michael Russo would say, we had a meaty episode covering Scott Wheeler of the Athletics Prospect Rankings, some of our takeaways from that. We talked about whether or not we think Marco Rossi should be uh, on the roster and the implications of if he is or isn't on that and debates we had on Twitter about that as well. Uh, We also talked about the All-Star Game, our takeaways from that. But our main topic this week was whether or not the Minnesota Wild should hand the reins of the starting goaltender from Cam Talbot over to Capo Kakinen. Here's a teaser. And I'm at that point now where I'm ready to say I think Capo Kakinen, to me, has emerged as the goaltender between him and Talbot that deserves to be number one going forward, um, is the guy they should look to potentially rely on in the playoffs, and should, you know, if I still think him and Talbot should split. I mean, they're going to have to with, you know, the, the 40 games and 77 days they have upcoming, but to me it's... You know, it's a 60-40, 65-35, maybe at a minimum, um, split between those two with Kakin getting the higher majority. Um, and the reason I say, I mean, he's been better in every statistical category outside of games played and wins, which are out of his control because he just doesn't hasn't played as many games. But, I mean, you look at Justin, as you mentioned earlier, how well he played last night, giving up just the one goal. Like, that isn't, hasn't been uncommon. I mean, we've, we saw him steal the game from the Islanders um, a couple weeks ago, his goal save above expected I think has climbed all the way now I think it's like 5.35 um for evolving <laughs> hockey's model and I think you know prior to coming in before that nine game stretch he played I think it was in the negatives so like that's just how good he's been as of late he's pulled that number out of the negatives into the positives um and I think he had something in the prospects too but a save percentage just popped into the is it the top 10 now he's, in the league? Uh, seventh yeah I was like, gonna bring that up here yeah yeah, so like I mean, I just I just think he's earned it. I mean, I don't know, other than you know, Knights' rights of you know the Talbot being the veteran and you know being the guy they brought in. I don't see the, an argument for why Talbot should be chosen over him as it stands right now. Obviously, that can change. He goes out and has yeah. three duds in a row. Sure, okay, fine. But I think as yeah. of right now, 
I think Capo should be the guy. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, he's 10-3-2. He's <laughs> top 12 in goals against average, top 7 in save percentage. He's, Hell, throw him in the Calder conversation. Yeah, there. he's no eligible. Technically, yeah, a rookie apparently. <laughs> but yeah, like somebody yeah. plus on the young guns, he's he leads rookie goalies in save percentage, top ten in the league. I mean, top seven in the league for save percentage. He has a ninety-four save percentage in his last five games, and almost ninety-four in his last ten. I mean, ride the hot hand. I mean, no disrespect to Talbot. I mean, yeah, he's the veteran, but Kakinen's got the hot hand. He he just seems like he's taken that next level of development and kind of mm-hmm. run with it this season. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I, th- I think I agree with you guys the most part. I mean, I've kind of, you know, taken it. I don't know. I've kind of changed my tune, but for a while I've been kind of like, you know, we saw him play a good 10 games last year and then, you know, he collapsed on the stretch, obviously, you know, rookie goalie, you know, all goalies do that. You know, they're not always the, aside from the top elites, you know, you're usually not going to hold that level of play, obviously, over the whole season. But, I mean, I think it's, you know, I think it's pretty hard, like Brett mentioned, to argue, argue, and you guys with the numbers. I mean, I mean, and if you look, it's not like last year he did beat Vegas a couple times, but throughout his winning streak last year, he was, you know, a bunch of those games were against, you know, San Jose, Anaheim, et cetera. Arizona. I mean, this year he's beating those, yeah, he's beating those teams, but he's also beating good teams. I mean, he was great against Washington when they were down, like, eight guys. Boston he was, as well. You know, yeah, Boston, Winnipeg, you know, and even against again New York against the Islanders, he made forty saves. So, I mean, it's hard to argue against the numbers with what he's done. I think, obviously, like Brett said, uh, the playoffs are still a ways away. So, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens between then. And usually, NHL teams seem to tend to lean towards the veteran with more experience, as you mentioned. But I mean, obviously, if if Cap was still has at the end of the year like an almost a nine twenty five, getting close to nine thirty save percentage, and he's you know, ends up with like, you know, he's like 25 and 10 or whatever. It's, you know, it'll be, it'll be hard to argue against him. And I mean, it just, it, it's good, obviously, because when, when Talbot went down with his injury originally and was, was out, I remember a lot of us were kind of worried, like, oh, what are they going to, you know, what are they going to do? Yeah, like we were talking about, like, do they have to go out and trade for a goalie? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah. that was in the cards. No. Right. I know it's, it's, I mean, it's amazing. Like you said before, how quickly things change and, uh, and I mean, I don't know. It's just like Justin mentioned. It's good to see his, uh, like you said, his development kind of take another step, and you know, maybe show that from maybe a, three months ago, we all would have thought, oh, his ceiling's probably a backup goaltender. Maybe he actually does have a chance to be a number one, and you know, in a couple of years, have a nice, really nice tandem when uh, Jesper Wallstedt does make his way into the NHL eventually here. So it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's encouraging to have, you know, like Brett's mentioned, with two goalies that you can at least you know trust to put in the net no they're not gonna at the very least even though Talbot hasn't been great he's not usually gonna completely tank your chances of winning and it's great to even have the guy as you mentioned who's who you know is the reason you've won games at this point yeah and I will say you know going into the all-star break with the shutout and then coming out um you know I the the two games leading in the all-star break Talbot played did play really well he had the shutout in there I mean, another mm-hmm. solid performance. Look great at the All Star game. So I don't want to say this isn't me saying Talbot is playing bad. Yeah. I just think Kakinen is playing better. Um, and it's mm-hmm. it's a good problem to have to have two good goalies. I did want to I did want to add that in there. Like this isn't like a Cam Talbot sucks thing mm-hmm. at all. Like it's just uh, I think Kakinen's just been yeah. better. 
If you like what you heard, feel free to head on over to Sound the Foghorn. Any podcast platform that you have, we should be there. Look for the Minnesota Wild Colors and the iconic Foghorn logo. If we're not on your favorite podcast platform, feel free to let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Sound the Foghorn. All one word. Thanks for listening and enjoy. If you don't already, follow them on social at Sound the Foghorn and plug that into your favorite podcast platform as well.